Manager is one of the trickiest roles in a football team. They can be seen as the savior of a team when they help the team win the title or avoid relegation. But when things go south, manager is often thrown out, the first to be the scapegoat. What should be the proper role for the manager to both do their job without shouldering too much? Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Yeah. First, I feel really awful that、um, the Chinese national team failed to win in the game against Oman, and a lot criticized our manager Li Te for making those two substitutions.、Mm-hmm. They were also controversial, especially the first one, because it happened to a local who, who was the best performing player in the game. Yeah, Li Te said he took him down because he thought he didn't have enough stamina to. Keep running. Thing is, less than one minute before the substitution, he just dashed forty meters、mm. to return to defend. Yeah, that's why it's kind of controversial. Those, I'm always. I, how do I phrase this? It's it's happened a few times, and I, it's never made sense to me. Because do you remember there was the Champions League final、mm-hmm. where Thomas Muller scored, and、yeah. then your pankers immediately took him off.、Mm. And I can understand wanting to save a player when it's a league format,、mm-hmm. but when it's, as I mentioned, Champions League final or in China's case, it's a life or death time. Life or death because it's the qualifiers.、Mm-hmm. You have to basically give it your all as much as you can. You basically want your team at eighty percent, so they're always at their best, but they don't burn out during these phases. So yeah, decisions like that, I, I don't fully understand. Yeah. They always say that the manager is in the locker room.、Mm. He knows what everyone is thinking. He knows what everyone's like. So outsiders, like fans and commentators and reporters, don't really know what happened there. So we shouldn't be too harsh on them. But sometimes football decisions, I don't think, are not that complicated. Yeah, there's are there are times when you look at certain teams. Like this has always been the issue, I think, with Pep Guardiola,、mm-hmm. where you look at his teams and you do wonder, like, well, what managing do they really need? Yeah. You know, if he wasn't there, let's say he came down with an illness, not on the sidelines, I'm sure Kevin De Bruyne can play world class on his own. I'm、True. sure that team can figure it out by themselves. So, on one hand, it's like, yeah, at a certain level. I don't necessarily understand how necessary a manager is, but the one thing I do know is you look at certain sides, and I think the perfect example is to compare、uh, Jurgen Klopp to Jose Mourinho.、Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing for a manager isn't the tactics; it's managing the men, managing the team,、mm. because you can see that he, that Klopp, I mean, he understands his players; he has them to play for him. He likes to use Jordan Henderson to be like. Almost him on the pitch. He will give him the commands and things to then disperse to the other players. Then on the other side of things, you have Jose Mourinho, who, when things start going bad, he doesn't seem to know how to get the players on side. There's always the reports of him turning them against each other.、Yeah. There's always the reports of he's lost the dressing room. And when you hear lost the dressing room, that doesn't mean that you're losing games because that happened to Liverpool last year. True, it happens to certain teams. And they keep on with their managers, losing the dressing room is a personality issue,、mm-hmm. and it's that which I think the managers need to focus on and should be praised for. I'd say probably more so than their tactical decisions.、Mm. Does that mean a player's manager is more popular and more useful today? I, I don't know because then you're kind of conflating two different jobs. I do think、True. the manager has to stay on the sidelines. Yeah. 
But I do also think it's important that the manager is at least willing to concede to the difficulties of the game. You don't want to be like a technocrat a little bit too far away, like a Pep Guardiola type who mm. is quite cold. Um, you do want to ha- ha- basically accept that some days you're going to be playing well, other days you won't. You need to have that mentality, even though, say, Klopp, Tuchel, um, Nagelsmann, even I'm talking because these are the big managers of today, German mm-hmm. management is the big thing. They weren't the best players, but you get the feeling that they at least know what it's like, and they are almost the twelfth man on the sideline, mm-hmm. going through the emotions with the players, feeling every step of the way. They aren't completely distant, you know. Mm-hmm. That is that why, like Nagelsmann was, including his predecessor um, Hansi Flick. Yeah, is that why they were both successful so far in buying? Because before Hansi Flick, there's Nico Kovac, yeah, who is not necessarily a legend, but is. Has been playing for Bayern for so many years.、Yeah. He has the connections. He knows the management. He knows some of the players. But let's just let's let's face it. His managing record in Bayern is a disaster. Yeah. So the thing with Flick, he's he's quite a good one to talk about actually because with the others I've mentioned, there's like a there's like a friendliness I'd say to it.、Mm-hmm. Klopp, you can tell he's like he energizes friends.、Yeah. They love playing for him. He loves being the manager. With Flick. I got a real feeling that what he was doing is he was instilling a sense of confidence、mm-hmm. in his team. He was basically getting Bayern to play the way Bayern players want to play, which is that team has a particular ethos. It's known for being intense,、mm-hmm. known for being very tactically well structured, doing a lot of pressure. And I get the feeling he got his players on side. He got a you know Thomas Müller was basically left out of the squad under、yeah. Niko Kovac. I think he brought him back and basically said to him, "We need you to be a Bayern player."、Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, not necessarily massaging the ego, but getting the players to do what they want to do. There are particular ideas of what players are. You know, you think about how、uh, the Spanish teams play.、Mm-hmm. A guy like Luis Enrique, he will be getting those young players and telling them. We play like Spain, and this is Spain, and you're representing Spain. Not Real, not Barcelona. Precisely. So it's inspiring a particular type of confidence in them, and I think that's the second type of man management. You don't do it on a personal level; you do it on a broader, egotistical. You represent. You play、level. the national pride card. Yeah, national、mm. pride, because even with Bayern, it is Germany's team. It is、True. like, even though yes, it's Bavaria. And the teams in the north, and you know, there's a lot of let's say within the system, Bayern's the giant, Bayern overpowers everyone else,、mm-hmm. but still on a European level,、mm-hmm. on a national level, it's undeniable that is Germany's team. And you get the feeling he was inspiring his players to be like, well, you represent the badge, the club, the legacy, everything like that. Yeah, interesting because when you mention that, it reminds me of something kind of older、mm-hmm. when Inter Milan won the Champions League in 2010 under、mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho. Yeah, he literally、uh, laughed at the awarding ceremony. After that, they brought a Spanish guy, Alafa.、Mm-hmm. The moment he came, he required the club to change. Everything it used to be to、uh, remove the picture of Jose Mourinho、yeah. to even change the schedule, it didn't turn well for him in Inter.、Mm. So for a strong team like Inter and say Bayern,、yeah. Chelsea, Man United, is it really a wise decision that you come, you just in so such a hurry that you try to color the squad with your own character? Yeah, these I, are great players. Yeah, we mentioned before. 
about I think we were actually talking about Nagelsmann moving into yeah. uh, Bayern and his replacement uh, RB Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Marsh is Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jesse Marsh. So we were saying how basically, you know, to go basically to talk in a broader sense about being a manager, it's like the linchpin of like a like the stone in the middle of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Without it, the team collapses. But the rest of the bridge has to be there for yeah. it to be held in place. So I think it's very important for a manager to impose his will on a team, but not to just come in and mess everything around. Mm-hmm. To come in and see what works, what doesn't work, what can be improved, but also to maintain this idea of the team, the concept of the team. Because there is a reason why the team was winning in the first place, why the team was losing in the first place, what wasn't working. It's, you know... Even from the outside, you can look at certain teams and see what the issue is. Like, you look at uh, Chelsea under Frank Lampard. The number one thing with that team is they were playing from the perspective of a midfielder who didn't really know the rest of the game. So you had this setup where you had this, like, hexagon midfield. Then you get to the front and the strikers aren't really doing anything. They're weak at the back. And then to go back to what we were saying about Klopp and uh, managers like that, when they're losing, he's saying, well... The players aren't motivated. The players don't want to play as hard. That's his job, to get them motivated, Mm -hmm. to get them running to the um, tactics he has in mind. So he is coming in and he's both messing around with the system but unwilling to impose himself fully. He's willing to be that on the sideline but not to impose himself fully in the training to give himself to all the rest of the players to get them performing to a high level. Suddenly, Thomas Tuchel comes in. Mm-hmm. It's the same team, exactly the same team. Yeah, because they can't. They're unable to buy precisely, and it's with the exact same players. All he does is tinker with the format. He said he was starting from the back and working forward. So he's going to play specifically and saying, "We want you to do this. We want you to do this. We want you to do this." Suddenly, you have a man with a plan, with a personality, who is engaged on a player-by-player basis, and they win the Champions yeah. League. So, the manager has to impose his will but he also cannot flip things around too much you know Tuchel didn't flip things around too much he's not like I say that same team to play with he just tinkered with the format mm-hmm. tinkered with how he was talking to the players and suddenly they're yeah. class it's like if it ain't bring don't fix it right just maintain the things that work but at least you need to have the guts to make small tinkles yeah. not like Ole in Man United I'm not saying he doesn't have guts. I'm just saying he has no plan. Yeah. Like we mentioned all the time. Yeah, he has no real plan. And he also doesn't seem... He he almost... It's like a case of he's been brought in because he's a club legend mm-hmm. and he's willing just to coast off that. Yeah. You know, he's willing to be the super sub, the guy who won the treble. He doesn't seem particularly interested in being a legend as a manager, mm-hmm. which is a very weird thing because... Love these guys. Like, yeah, Lampard wasn't good, but he did want to. Like, he, he has he has his own idea about how football should be working. Right, exactly. Same with Pilo Juventus. He comes in with an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be in the best, but both those guys came from midfield midfield careers where they were absolute legends. Mm-hmm. They then apply that to their game, and you can see the midfielders where both teams excelled. Yep. Could do anything else, but fine. We at least knew it. With Ole. Yeah, we. they say he's a good man-manager, but you look at how that team plays, and it's more a case of they like him because he'll let them do whatever they want. True, rather, that's not good manager. Yeah, yeah, rather than inspiring his team, it's just, well, Bruno, you're great at free kicks, so when we get one, it'll be you. Instead of being like, well, okay, if we get a free kick in this area, you take it, and we'll guide you through how to improve, and yada, yada, yada. 
Yeah, I he almost seems like to one degree or another, he is there because they need a manager on the sideline. The That's game true. requires yeah. it. If the Glazers got their way, there wouldn't be anyone on that on that touchline mm-hmm. because they just need a person there and Ole's the one who fits. Yeah. And I know I know that he used to be the man's manager, but so far Paul Bogba not his biggest fan. Yeah. After what happened this season, I'm not going to say Renato is his fan too because Renato was basically from time to time playing the role of manager, motivating yeah. players in the locker room. How do managers get along in today's football world with superstars, you know, gold ball winners? Yeah, dealing with egos is a thing which seems really really difficult because that's been the issue of PSG since mm. that team began. True. It's what can you do to make Neymar and Mbappe feel better? And if you get in the way, well, they have Leonardo on the phone. They'll get rid of you. Mm-hmm. you know, when they brought Pochettino in, to me, that was basically a sign-off. They want a manager who will be easygoing, who okay. will let them mess around, yeah. let them be the FIFA guys. So you do have to keep a lid on it. It's a thing which I wonder... You know, Klopp is the figure, I think, of as the best manager today. Mm-hmm. And you look at that team... You never hear any stories about the Liverpool dressing room being nope. egos or anything. Yeah. The worst you ever got was Salah looking to move to Barcelona. True. But... And that's already basically yep. been been settled. So you have this team who, you know, after let's say twenty years in the wilderness, besides for say, you know, the the cups that they won under Rafa, things like that, you have this front three, they're all superstars, they're all scoring. And yet you never hear any drama. Nope. You see that nope. when they play, they pass to each other. There's never a day where Firmino won't pass to someone else and they give each other the eyes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are plenty of times where, like, you know, Ronaldo would have been free and Benzema's to his left and they don't pass things like that. You never hear that from Liverpool, which means there's definitely a way to manage egos. There's definitely a way to make it all for one. But that seems to be the hardest thing for a lot of managers to figure out. Yeah. So you can be both liked but with authority. Yeah. So maybe for teams with big plan and, of course, big funding, like Newcastle, mm-hmm. maybe they should start looking for a really manager, a really good manager who can excel at these instead of just, you know, searching and stealing and burgling superstar players. Because when you can't unite these guys, on it's it's not good. Yeah. I, I mean, that, just to go back to PSG, that's that's what happens. You get the superstar players. Especially when Lionel Messi arrived. Exactly. You get the superstar players. You don't have the superstar manager. And what happens? They they face adversity and they collapse. We've mm-hmm. seen it a million times. Yeah, that's true. These are all for strong teams. What about those not so strong and at the national team level? Because mm-hmm. in the club, you spend a long time with these guys, maybe years sometimes yeah. you eat with them, you drink and train with them. But the national teams, they were assembled only for national games. Mm-hmm which didn't happen that often. They may be from different teams, sometimes different countries. Yeah. What kind of manager do you need? Like an iron fist? That's that's the thing which I have always found fascinating, the national team manager, because you don't really have much time with your no. players. Yeah. So you have to do everything quick. You kind of need to get everything done immediately. But then you look at the ones who've won. Like You look at Yogi Love. Like He doesn't seem to be particularly intense. No. He doesn't seem... Mm-hmm like particularly tactical yeah whatever it is he just seems to get his players to function in their exact club roles in a way that links them up together um so with roberto mancini with italy this year you know mancini's been around the block for a really long time like Mm -hmm. he's i i get the feeling that almost what you have to do is just be a respected figure Mm -hmm. who the players want to play for 
almost take it back to what I was saying about Hansi Flick, where you tell them you're representing something larger than yourselves. And then just kind of drill down the basics, knowing full well you're getting like all stars together. However, at the same time, when you think about the teams that succeed on the national level, there's always like a group that come from one particular team. True. So I almost get the feeling that you end up in a position where a Roberto Mancini will delegate to a Leonardo Bonucci who will then, knowing the spine of the team comes from Juventus, comes from the teams that are around he's played against that year, can then say, well, I played against this guy, he knows what to do. Uh, Spinazzola for Roma was fantastic on the left, so we know how to lock him in somewhere. So almost at a national level, you want to have a figure within the team who can almost be the the player coach that we talked about earlier. That's true. Um, Last question. If, say, this national team does not really have a either a legend or mm-hmm. a very successful homegrown manager because maybe the league is not that super or, or the league is not that legendary, which country will you go to as a chief of the football association to find a manager for your not-so-strong national team? That, that's, that's a pretty tough question, but a thing which I've seen quite a lot is Italian managers. Italian managers. They seem to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Fabio Capello in England True. for quite a while. He was basically the closest to getting the golden generation together mm-hmm. um, for some particular reason. Maybe it's one that was just, just the concept of Italian football, smart managers, they will fit in and do well. Um you know, Trapattoni went worldwide, yeah. so so we will. So I, I'd I'd go for Italian. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, that being said, I wonder if it's a generational issue. And give it say ten years, fifteen years, if we'll be seeing the German managers who filtered around Europe so well. If we'll see them then go to the national level and do the same sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think the Germans have a unique advantage because. They always know their players because mm. because of buying. Yeah. For Italy, I agree because first Italian Serie A is not really not too much of a domestic league. Yeah. Even now, it's not you know not at his best time. There are a lot of international players yeah. and a lot of Italian players play overseas. Mm-hmm. But Italian football, it always everything goes to defense first. Yeah. That's I think how not so strong teams should survive on. Like you can't score. Usually when we're talking not so strong because they can't score as yep. the strong teams do. So what? If you don't lose, you don't allow a goal, you won't lose. Yeah. That's why maybe we should. You know, Italian manager can be your first choice. That, that's a really good point. They're so you know. defensively minded and they build out from the back mm-hmm. that you can basically slot them into a weak team, and then suddenly. You're not shipping that many goals. You're losing one nil after losing by massive amounts. Yeah. Suddenly your team doesn't look so bad. Yeah, that's a really that's good true. point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so much for today. Thank yep. you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from guys very soon next week. Speak to you again soon. See ya.